Hello, and welcome back to the Living Well Podcast by Jefferson Health. I'm Carly Williams. And I'm Jessica Lopez. Today's episode is part one of a three-part series exploring how stress impacts the body. Interventional cardiologist, Dr. David Fishman, joins us to talk all about stress and heart health. We'll talk about why acute stress is good for you and why chronic stress, financial, family, job, and relationship-related stresses can be so detrimental to overall health. Dr. Fishman offers ways to take care of yourself through stressful times and shares the symptoms you never want to ignore when it comes to your heart health. Dr. Fishman also advises why anyone over 45 years old shouldn't shovel snow this winter. Potentially life-saving advice. A reminder, if you're experiencing chest pain and or shortness of breath, call 911 immediately. And with that, here's our interview with Dr. Fishman. I'm Dr. David Fishman. I'm an interventional cardiologist at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. I like all areas of cardiology, particularly areas where I can use my hands to make a dire situation into a much better situation in a very quick time frame, particularly patients with an acute heart attack. Today, we're talking about stress and how it affects the heart. So a good place to start would be what are the ways stress affects the heart, both acutely and chronically? So most of the the stress that affects the heart is chronic stress. Stress in general is good. Just being on this podcast can be stressful, you know, but the body's mechanism is such that, you know, we're we're able to respond quickly to situations that are stressful. Uh, And that's why acute stress is pretty good. We respond that fight or flight phenomenon. So we respond quickly to uh, acute stress and we act uh, uh, accordingly. On the other hand, chronic stress is not good. When someone is, you know, under chronic stress, it causes a number of different things. First of all, the body's response to chronic stress is produce a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol increases cholesterol, triglycerides, glucose, blood pressure, all of which are risk factors for heart disease. And when we're talking about this stress, how should we be defining it? Is there a difference between physical stress versus emotional stress? Most of the stress on the heart is uh, from emotions. It's a response to emotional situations. Physical stress, which we can talk about a little later on, is less likely to cause problems with the heart. And when I say emotional stress is, you know, it can be many different things. It could be job situations, home situations, worrying about money. Those mm-hmm. are really emotional stresses that can cause the body to react in ways that are not healthy. Emotional stress is, of course, and, and chronic stress, the cause of rising certain hormones, as I mentioned, cortisol, but they also make you act in different ways. How do you respond to stress? Smoke, you don't exercise, you don't eat well, and all those in turn can have an effect on the heart. They increase your risk factors for the development of heart disease. And how would you test for heart disease? You don't just take everybody under stress uh, in, in, in chronic situations. It's your know, response or how you feel. So if someone's feeling any kind of symptoms of chest pain, shortness of breath, that goes along with the stress, they should seek a doctor's attention. I think people underestimate the toll that those emotional states can take on the body. I know that if you're going through a breakup and feeling that intense emotional stress, that it can literally affect the health of your heart. Yeah, I, I don't want to scare the audience by uh, talking about broken heart syndrome, but I think it's important because there are some very quick, stressful situations. Grief episodes, mourning episodes, quick, frightening episodes can cause this broken heart syndrome, which is like a heart attack uh, that causes a reversible damage to the heart muscle. 
It commonly occurs in females, usually middle-aged to older females, but it can affect anyone. We're learning a lot more about it. We still don't understand the whole dynamics and what causes it. But yes, in certain uh, very quick emotional states, not uncommon if someone goes to a funeral, it's in a very emotional state, and all of a sudden develop chest pain and shortness of breath. That type of individual or that individual should present to the physician if they have the acute onset of pain. And so the term is broken heart syndrome. Other terms is stress-induced cardiomyopathy. The origin really comes from Japan, and the terminology is takasubo. Mm. Uh, again, don't want to scare the audience, but yeah, it's a reality. Uh, we're seeing more of it, and I think, because we're recognizing it more. We're looking for it more. It, it just didn't come about all of a sudden. It's been there, but now we recognize it more. And are there people who are more at risk for cardiac symptoms through periods of stress than other people? Like if you have a family history of cardiac episodes or if you already have a cardiac condition and you're going through something stressful, is it something to pay more attention to? Or is uh, anybody think, really at risk for these things? I think, I think anybody is at risk. Uh, uh, but if you have underlying heart disease to begin with or you have other risk factors, being under the constant stress is only going to uh, exacerbate those risk factors. If you're already at risk and now you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're not exercising, you're at an increased risk. So uh, those are the individuals you particularly have to pay attention to. And those individuals need to be cognizant of their symptoms. And just a clarifying question as someone who knows nothing about the heart really and how it functions, if the periods of emotional stress are raising hormones like cortisol, mm -hmm. what is that doing to the heart? Is it making it work harder? So the cortisol is just a hormone. And, and so though it, 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 it can cause inflammation, but mm -hmm. it really has an effect on the body's metabolism. Again, uh, uh, it increases the cholesterol and cholesterol is a risk factor. High cholesterol is a risk factor for heart, heart disease. Um, it increases the glucose, another risk factor. It increases your blood pressure, another risk factor. So the cortisol itself does not necessarily change the dynamics of the heart vessels, but it's increasing the risk factors that result in development of atherosclerotic disease. And this again is uh, individuals are under chronic stress. Acute stress, it helps you respond to that immediate situation, but it's really in the chronic uh, situation where you have persistently elevated uh, cortisol levels, you're fighting another battle. And you may have some underlying risk factors to begin with. Now you're just adding to those risk factors. Okay, that makes sense. With those periods of the acute stress, if you're giving a presentation, and your heart feels like it's beating out of its chest. If that's a positive thing, should we use that as a moment of gratitude of like, glad it's working? What is happening positively besides you just getting through it? Obviously, no one likes to be under stress, but stress makes you perform better. Studies have shown that when you're in an acute stressful situation, you perform better. Again, we were hardwired such that we would react to stress in a positive way. That stress, again, is really not going to cause a heart problem, mm. right? That's just going to help you perform better. Uh, you may not like being under stress for those moments, but at the end of the day, you'll feel better. You'll, you'll perform better. Acute stress is, is not so much an issue. Well, that's good. We were wondering, what are the best ways to protect your heart during times of stress? I think the first thing before you protect the heart is to recognize what's causing the stress. Trying to remove yourself from that situation if at all possible. Sometimes it's difficult with work-related issues, but you have to find a way out to remove yourself. You can seek counseling if need be. That's important. Discuss it with your physician. 
find ways to relieve it, such as by exercising, taking up activities that may be a stress reliever. And that can be tricky sometimes, just recognizing what is actually triggering that stress. Very difficult to to recognize sometimes. Other things you got to do is you have to have someone close you can relate to, you know, uh, a good support system. Too often we don't have that good support system. We're not showing up to work every day. We're working from home. It's good to have someone close by that you can at work, if that's the uh, situation that you can discuss things with, or someone at home. Uh, But you need a good support system. But it is difficult to recognize or or even remove yourself from stress. Mm -hmm. And that's where talking with your physician, you know, to the point where sometimes even medication is, is, is necessary. And as a cardiologist, I mean, I'm sure you encounter many stressful situations. How would you best handle some of those stressors in your life? As as a cardiologist, most of the stresses are acute events. Something happens in the middle of procedure. You have to respond very quickly. Uh, But for the day-to-day stresses of coming to work and, and, and putting in long hours and worrying about getting things done on a timely basis, it goes back to good support system, finding activities outside the workplace exercising, reading, painting, finding things you enjoy, walking. And so I think those are the things you have to uh, think about when you want to relieve yourself from the stress. And and calling it quits at the end of the day. You know, five o'clock comes, try and remove yourself away from that work environment. Again, very easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I'm just curious, if you had one heart health tip, what would that be? Exercise. Very difficult. Currently, we recommend... 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week, 150 minutes. But, you know, we don't do it. We don't find the time to exercise. Exercise is good, one, physically, improves your your just overall general physical health, but emotionally also. When you're out there, when you're exercising, the endorphins uh, increase and you feel good about yourself at the end of the day. So the one thing is to start with exercising. We have a lot of gyms in this country, but I don't think they're utilized to to the extent they should be. And so when you take up exercising, which I think is important, particularly for chronic stress people, you got to build it up and you got to start with low level of activities and build it up. Seek someone to help you and guide you in doing that if you have to, a trainer. And then I do want to talk about physical stress on the heart. So physical stress per se doesn't have any long-term effect on the heart. There are situations when we talk about stress-induced cardiomyopathy, Uh, There are some physical stressors. Having a stroke, people can have this stress-induced cardiomyopathy. Um, Asthmatic attack can have a a stress-induced cardiomyopathy. So we think about physical things from that standpoint. Yes, it can have an effect on the heart in terms of this stress-induced cardiomyopathy. But again, I don't want to scare the audience. The incidence of stress-induced cardiomyopathy is very, very low. Other physical stresses, work-related physical stress, that is only important in the sense that if you have hypertension, you really shouldn't be do- lifting heavy weights all the time mm-hmm. because it increases the resistance of the blood vessels, which only raises the blood pressure. Um, but physical stresses in general uh, uh, don't have a-, a long-term effect on the heart. I did see something on TikTok recently Uh-oh. that I wanted TikTok. to ask right. about. This woman called herself, I don't know if it was like a cardiac widow. It was something like that and she was singing this song about how if you're over 45 you shouldn't be shoveling snow and all these people in the comments were resonating with this song that she had created about if you're over 45 don't shovel snow and she said something about it's like a novel movements above the heart 
if you don't generally shovel things and throw it over your shoulder can cause heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So while we're here talking about it, I wondered, is shoveling snow stressful? Should you not do that if you're over 45? <laughs> so I don't look at it as being stressful. When people are out there shoveling snow, they do it because they enjoy it. A lot of my um, male patients like shoveling snow, like being out there. But in general, we do tell individuals they shouldn't shovel snow. Leave it for the really young kids or snow plowers or what have you. And the problem with sho snow shoveling, first of all, the individuals who have sudden cardiac death usually are, are prone. They have risk factors. They may have already coronary disease, hypertension, what have you. And, and so what they're doing from a physical sense is they're going out and lifting some very heavy snow, haven't been physically active. They're not uh, properly dressed. They don't have layering. And so what happens is they get overheated and the body can't cool itself down because they got all these layers on. And so the body's trying to cool itself down. It puts themselves in, in, in a vulnerable position. This time of the year, when my patients leave the office, the last thing I say, both males and females, by the way, I say, do me a favor, don't shovel snow. It's well known. I mean, but again, these are people that, again, have all the risk factors, probably even have coronary disease already, don't know it, they've been knowing symptoms, and they go out and they shovel snow. I, I tell people, snow blows are fine. We just got to be a little, a little cautious because they are heavy. But if you're 70 years old of age, when you haven't been physically active, and you're pushing around snow below there too, you can be problematic. But again, the most important thing is to dress appropriately when you're out there in the snow. Every year when the winter comes, there's pieces on this and people just don't he heed the advice. Fortunately, we haven't had too much snow, but there are parts of the country that have a lot of snow. Mm -hmm. It all melts. That's how I look at it. You know, look at, I used to love to go out there and shovel snow too. Now I wait till the sun to come out and melts it away. If someone's listening to this episode, they may be feeling like I've been under a lot of emotional stress. I don't know if it's taking an effect on my heart. Should they talk to their primary care doctor if they've never seen a cardiologist? Should they see a cardiologist? What should someone do with this information? If someone feels they're under a lot of emotional stress, I, I think there's nothing wrong with speaking to your physician. Don't need to see a cardiologist. But again, one of the ways to relieve stress is to seek additional help. And that is speaking to your physician, discuss it. Too often we're afraid to discuss with the, the physician. I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I feel stressed out, a lot going on in my life. So I think the first part is to start talk to your physician, describe what's going on and let them decide if anything further has to be done. On the other hand, you're really having some symptoms that you're worried about, chest pain, chest tightness, palpitations, not uncommon. People under stress have a lot of palpitations. Then you may want to seek the, the guidance of a cardiologist. But I think a starting point is your primary physician and, and, and tell them how you feel, you know, because they can help guide you in terms of how to manage that stress. It's not easy to manage stress, as I mentioned earlier, but I would seek the professional help. Great advice. Be sure to check the show notes for additional resources, including the link to the Living Well blog, where we publish full episode transcripts. And as always, if you enjoy our podcast, we truly appreciate a rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fun fact, the full podcast episodes are also available on our YouTube channel at Jefferson Health. Production support for today's episode provided by Brittany Rafalak and Barbara Henderson. We're your hosts, Jess Lopez and Carly Williams. Be well and stay tuned for part two of our mini series, exploring how stress impacts our nervous system.